The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. And hello and welcome to another edition of the TOST Toddcast with Coach Q right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network and also simulcast on BMC channels 8, 9, 28, and 29. Links to our conversations with the coach are available via social media. Follow Timeout for Sports Talk on Facebook and on Twitter. Our handle is at TOSTBMC. Coach Q is also on Twitter at Q underscore coach. If you're watching us on the video simulcast, you can see that on the bottom of your screen. You can also follow BHS Football at Marauder. F-Ball. And as we always like to remind you, these are interactive shows. We welcome your participation. If you have any questions for the coach, log into Twitter. Be sure to use the hashtag Q's for Q. Uh, time is running out, and I just checked, and I didn't see anything on there. But uh, with all that said, anyway, I am Todd Bloniars, and once again joined alongside here uh, by uh, Belmont High School head football coach Jan Cuman And hello. Uh, Coach, uh, hello. It's hello. Uh, good to see you. It's uh, been a couple of uh, weeks here. It uh, has. It has. Oh, sorry we have a little to, catching up to do. I was that, sorry to miss last week. Uh, um, it's okay. That's all right. We, we got a little. Never, never the same when I'm not here. <laughs> well, we do have, like I say, so we do have a little bit of catching up to do. We have to recap a couple of games, including uh, the uh, playoff game yeah. against Danvers. Uh, you know, second year in a row, you make the trip up there. And I know, you know, you were certainly feeling uh, confident in a sense, you know, I know when we last spoke, you were confident, I know for, for several reasons, one of them, the, the way your team last year, even though you fell a little short, the way you, your team came back in the second half. And unfortunately, uh, this time around, there really wasn't a second half comeback to be had. So uh, just yeah. talk about the uh, the game itself. Uh, I mean, obviously, Danvers is a pretty good team, although I guess uh, since uh, then they've they've lost to Winchester, another team you've, you've lost yeah. to this year. So, you know, I mean, I, I think that it was just a bad night. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's I think there's a lot of coaches would say, most coaches would say that they're games that, you you know, you wish you could have back. Um, that's definitely a game that I know our guys our guys wish they could have back. Um, we did not show up. There's no other way to put it. Um, we did not do the things that we needed to do in order to be successful against a team of that caliber. You know, um, if you want to beat good teams, you got to be a great team, and, and we weren't a great team. You know, um, we didn't play the kind of physical defense that we've – we've played throughout the course of the year. Uh, Danvers had some good size. We knew that. Um, they bullied us pretty well up front. Um, you know, we didn't get a ton of quality defensive back support. We weren't fighting a cross hat on the defensive line. We didn't really have a sense of desire to come up and tackle uh, from the linebacker position. And when you're playing a big physical power run oriented offense like Danvers, um, that can be problematic. And then offensively, we shot ourselves in the foot. You know, it's it's our challenge is kind of getting over this hump, you know, of being able to go out there and, and perform in, I don't want to say in, like, games that matter as though, you know, we won games that didn't matter. They still mattered very much when we played them. Um, you know, the Lexington game, the Arlington game, the Woburn game, winning those, you know, were musts in order for us to get to the playoffs. Um, but, you know, we can't 
have the moment be too big for us. And, and it kind of was, you know. And, yeah, it just started snowballing. Well, let me ask this, first of all, the week of practice leading into the game, I mean, did you feel pretty confident about how the team practiced? You felt pretty prepared going, going yeah. into everything. I mean, I think that, like, we have good weeks of practice and bad weeks of practice, but the machinations of our practice approach are, are pretty consistent. You know, um, we have an expectation as to how it is that we're going to go out there and practice. And certainly going into Danvers, we did the work that we needed to do to scheme up. Um, you know, I thought we had a good plan um, on both sides of the ball. I know that some people might look at the score and say four to two to six. How could that be a good plan? I thought we had a pretty good scheme approach in. Um, we were in position to make a lot of plays in that game. We just didn't make them, you know. And, yeah, I thought we had had a pretty good week of practice. You know, I knew it was going to be a tall order. We were an eight seed. They were one seed. We were three and, and three. And undefeated. They yeah. were seven and zero. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So we knew we were going to have our challenge, but uh, we definitely expected a better performance than the one that we got, uh, the one that we put out there, you know. So we have to look at that as a family and say, well, what is it now? That's two years in a row we've made the playoffs. Two years in a row we've been the eight. Two years in a row we've gone up to Danvers. And two years in a row we've come back home after getting our butts kicked pretty well. So, you know, we have to look at that and say, where are we missing the mark as coaches in terms of preparing our guys for a game of that magnitude if we want to, you know, take the next step as a program, which is to do what Winchester's doing, you know, and putting together a little bit of a run um, and beating some of the teams that, that, you know, people don't think they can beat. So, you know, that's including the top seed Danvers last uh, week. Yeah, I mean, we knew that was going to be a game, man. I mean, we knew that was going to be a game. And, and, you know, part of it is kind of what is our level of, of offseason commitment and, and our, our approach to preparing ourselves for the rigors of football. Uh, Danvers had a great offseason year, very well attended. Winchester, I know from speaking with Wally, you know, he said that's kind of one of the differences in this in this team for Winchester is that these guys were bought in from January, February. Um, we have to replicate that in order to win in the Middlesex and in order to win in the Division Three North bracket, which is, I think, one of the better playoff brackets. It's one of the only ones where there was not one team with a sub-500 record. We were the lowest record team at, at the eight with three and three, you know, and so that's a tough bracket, man. There's good football teams in there, and we're, you know we're about to see another another first round loser uh, in Beverly this week, uh, which will be a tall order. So that's kind of another focus for us is you know do we have the desire to do the work from from January until August that that you know makes for a successful football program. And obviously not to harp too much on on this loss, but. Um, you know, I'm just kind of comparing the, the two, uh, the last, you know, the two games you played them last year and this year. Last year, you you trailed at halftime by 30 points and you came back in the second half. You were only down 21 points this mm-hmm. year to them. How was the how was the feeling overall in the in the locker room at halftime? I mean, did you feel like something could have happened? Yeah, or, I mean, uh, we weren't you know? out of that game at half by any means, man. I mean, last year they put forty on us before the half, you know, and and this year it was a twenty-one to nothing game. I mean, we definitely knew that we had had our issues because we hadn't moved the ball, uh, but we'd stopped them once, maybe twice. You know, I think we stopped them twice, um, but we hadn't we hadn't moved the ball, you know. So we were looking to make some adjustments offensively. Um, to try and make us more successful. We were able to score um, in the third. You know, that made it a 21-7 game and then, you know, kind of immediately gave that back with, I believe, a kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, maybe not, actually. Yeah, it was a full drive. It was a full drive, but it was a, it was a quick – there was a big play in there. It was a quick score drive, you know. So, uh, 
and I, I kind of something happened. I think after I think actually no, I'm sorry. We we scored, um, and this is going back two weeks, so you got to forgive me. But that's okay. We That's's we great. scored to make it 21-7 mm-hmm. um, on a on a great catch and run by Presto, and then um, I believe we actually stopped them and forced them to punt at 21-7, and then we had a punt blocked um, that was recovered for a touchdown. So I think that actually the Danvers scoring is incorrect. Okay. Yeah. Um, so after the, Yeah, actually the, sc- the scoring here showed that the fumble recovery happened prior to the uh, Arno to Preston Stevens pass. They're nope. saying, yeah, I mean... The, Maybe. Um, that's yeah. possible. I don't know. But My yeah, order's messed up. Sure. No matter what, we weren't able to get any... We weren't able to get momentum going. You know, we really weren't able to put a, you know, a score and a stop and a score together. And I think if we were able to do that... Um, you know, we're probably a little bit more successful, obviously. Um, and we're a little bit more confident in terms of what it is that we do. But when we were unable to do that and we had a bunch of penalties and we had a big gainer to Rocha for 70 yards called back, you know, and then there was a, a, on, a on a questionable holding call. And then, you know, that just kind of snowballs in the minds of our players and, to be honest, in the minds of our coaches a little bit. And we just then at that point kind of weren't our best selves. You know, there's no place to look for that loss. It's a 42-7 to 7 loss or whatever it was. You know, there's no place to look but in the mirror. Um, and, you know, we have to be of a higher caliber and a higher quality in all facets of ourselves in order to win those games. You know, we got to be better coaches. Uh, we got to have a better offseason. We have to execute better as players. We have to know our responsibilities better. We have to be tougher, um, and we have to execute. Um, and that goes for all of us, you know. So I think we all took it as a team loss. You know, we're not looking at it and being like, well, the coaches did their job, but the players didn't do their job, and the players did their job, but the coaches didn't do their job. Like, we're, we're not saying that, man. The family didn't do its job, you know, top to bottom. Um, you don't you don't lose 42-7 to seven or whatever the score was at the end of it, 41-7. 41-7 was You know, you don't lose 41-7 to seven if everybody doesn't fail together. You know, we win together, we lose together, we succeed together, we fail together. So that's that's what happened. It was a it was a complete um, complete failure. Yeah. But okay. That's life sometimes. Right. Well, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, you know, uh, so, you know, obviously we you know, <laughs> we've talked about the MIA playoff format. You lose, you are eliminated from the playoffs, but your yeah. season is not over. No, it's not. You still have to play. And, you know, I think we talked a little bit about this in the first year of the format, you know, maybe how or maybe even talked about it last year after you yeah. lost the, the the playoff game to Danvers. Uh, you know, how how hard is it to get up for that next game because you had Malton Catholic back at Harris Field this week. Mm-hmm. So you had a home I uh, would assume I unfortunately could not attend, but uh, I'm assuming you had a decent crowd for uh, uh, for that game it and, wasn't uh, great it was cold yeah um it wasn't great we got bounced it was cold um didn't matter to us i think franklin tucker or the belmontonian actually had a good word to describe that but he said that's the most workmanlike victory i've ever seen you guys have and i i would agree with that you know so yeah no the band was there for the first half then it got too cold for for them they had to go in um, so it was kind of a weird game. It was a weird mm. atmosphere game. I'm um, noticing bands do have a temperature threshold. Uh, I, it's not just a Belmont band no, either for that no. record. I, I saw the Winchester band do the same thing. Brass instruments, back. man. Yeah. You know, like you got. Yeah. You don't want to put your mouth to brass instruments in the freezing cold. Bad things right. happen. 
<laughs> never watch a Christmas story. Right. Well, yeah, among other things. A triple dog dare you. Yeah, you got right. Very well played there. I can't put my yeah. arms down. Well, the workmanlike effort uh, did result in a 28-7 win over the Lancers. And uh, kind of, you know, as I look at the, the box score a little bit here and, uh, you know, some of the game stats, it reminds me a lot of uh, your Thanksgiving Day win against Watertown last yeah. year. And uh, certainly uh, the Chad Francis barometer in, in full effect because uh, when uh, your junior running back runs, for over 200 yards, you win. Yeah. And when he doesn't, you don't win. <laughs> so yeah. there you go, 4-0 and uh, and another 200-yard rushing game over the 1,000-yard mark for uh, for the junior running back who we're looking forward to even bigger and better things uh, yeah. uh, from him next year. Super proud of Chad, man. I mean, obviously, he's kind of, you know, become our bell cow over the course of this year as we lost SETI. And, and uh, you know, we were hoping to share between the two of them throughout the course of the year. And Chad's kind of had to pick up and and be the guy and um you know had to recover off of a tough night um against danvers the week before and uh line the line did too you know and and i think we got a uh we got a good performance you know um good downhill running um uh really good uh vision and, and cut back and wind back vision in our in our spread run um you know chad had a great day man i mean 206 is this is i think his fourth uh, obviously, as you just said, it is fourth 200, 200 yard game of yeah. the season. So, um, and over a thousand yards for the season. Um, you know, super proud of him. And, and, you know, he's not done. He's got two more games left and, and, uh, and another year, you know. So, um, yeah, really nice job by Chad and, and the Hoggies. And the other thing that, as I'm looking at over the, the stats that reminded me of the Thanksgiving Day game last year was just the fact that, you know, it was basically a running attack. Of course, you know, have we we mentioned how in the Thanksgiving Day game, Avery Arno didn't go back to pass but at, at any time. Uh, at least here, he, he did go back uh, six times, he but did. he only completed one. He did. And uh, so, again, it was a, it was a run-heavy kind of a game. So yeah. uh, the guys up front were doing their job. And, you know, again, it just you know Receivers were, too. I mean, a lot of those runs, if you go and watch them on film or, you know, uh, runs it bounced to the out and, you know, needed a split end to make a good block out there. And so I thought our receiving core did a really great job of staying keyed in and blocking, you know, very similar to the Watertown game where those guys were doing the job for Rakai. Um, you know, so we, we needed them to chip in. Um, Would have liked to see a little bit more efficiency. Um, we're not super happy about one for six, but because we were looking at it and saying like, hey, it's a really cold day and it was super windy. Um, so, you know, we're going to be on the ground a lot today and we're going to take kind of action shots or whatever when we have the wind at our back. There were a lot, there weren't as many high percentage throws as we normally have. You know, normally yeah. if we throw the ball 25 or 30 times a game, a bunch of those are kind of short throws, you know, little quick outs, little quick hitches type stuff. And, and this wasn't a game for that. You know, it was a lot of like run, 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 go. Much like last Thanksgiving, cold and windy. Cold and windy. Not quite um, as cold as last year, but no, I'm sure. No, but I, but I really do give our guys credit. Like Arno uh, had to do a bunch of work controlling the offense and, and, and calibrating it to the defense that we were facing, you know, um, and making some adjustments in game. Um, and our receivers had to stay clocked in and do their job. I mean, you know, the 25-yard the catch by Hubbard was a big catch for us. Um, and we were really close to a couple of other ones there too, Boyo. Like they were just kind of right outstretched fingertip kind of plays. So, um, yeah, you know, so overall good blocking from your O line, from your your fullback, the the tuna who got yeah. a, who got the first touchdown, got you guys off and he did. Running, we uh, ch we chuckled on film because Chad brought us down to the one, you know, on a on a really on I think on a toss, and um, 
and I was joking in film. I go, just so you all know, a lot of other coaches, if you get down to the one-yard line, will give the ball to the guy who brought him to the one to get him to score, but not me because if you got down to the one, I'm wondering why he didn't get in. Sure. So if you didn't get in, I'm going to give the ball to somebody else. So Chad had a big smile on his face. I said, I'm going to give the ball to Tuna for the one-yard plunge right there because yeah. you could have, you had a chance to get in and you didn't. You and, know? and Chad scored three touchdowns later in the game. And, you know, in the NFL, it works that way too. Yeah, guy he gets did, to the man. One and, and, I uh, mean, like, I think, like, one of the things that we're really proud of what we've been able to create here over the five, six years that I've been here, and, and we see it in our locker room, man, is just a, a kind of a – you know, we're there are moments where we're intense and and you know we're really raw. Um, I don't really have a word for that. Um, you know. Okay, so we'll go with raw. My my, <laughs> my my marine my marine friend who played for me at Matinon and and uh, many years ago, uh, Brandon McCafferty would say, you know, we got a lot of moto, right? And moto short for motivation for the for the core who recently just celebrated their birthday. That's right. Yeah. Um, and That's right. I think one of the things that's really cool about our team is that there's a there's kind of a a fun loving amicability to you know how it is that we approach each other and, and so you know you can say something like that and I mean I know Chad wants to get in the end zone but he's not going to be like mad yeah. You know. Well, and to prove your point, I mean, his later touchdown runs 10, 21, and 17 yards. In got, other words, got he didn't get stopped at the one. He went all the way yeah. in. He got, he got the ball further out, and he ran it in. So. Got it. Got to finish. No, he, got right. Finish. You know, uh, other thoughts from that game? Like, how your, your defense obviously holds Malton Catholic to seven points, so it's a nice bounce back for them. Uh, yeah. The Danvers yeah. game. Uh, I, was, uh, I thought we played defensively with a good sense of urgency and physicality. I wasn't super happy about the drive they scored on, to be perfectly honest. I thought we kind of chunked out a little bit on that one so we had to get under the defense's skin a little bit and you know say we're not we're not content with being scored on here guys we got to have a sense of urgency to what we do um and that's been a big focus for us defensively all year and i think it's panned out um we're we're a pretty decent little defense out there when we want to be um so I thought there was some good physicality, and MC kind of runs a double wing, wing T offense. There's a lot of stuff going on back there, so you got to be a pretty disciplined defense in order to defend it well, um, and and not allow the big play, you know. And and I thought we did a pretty good job of that. So um, I was pretty excited, and and uh, sophomore Zach Moss got a little bit more run in our defensive scheme. So he, you know, I mean, a lot of guys deserve a shout out, but that youngster has been a you know, a pretty pleasant surprise. Um, I walked by him on the sideline at one point and said, because he played against Danvers too, you know, and said, uh, you've grown up a lot over the last two weeks, man. And, and he really has. So it's, you know, kind of that time of year where, you know, we're out of the playoffs and um, we're fighting for our pride and our winning record and our goals that are still on the table. And, exactly. and we're serious about that. We're also, you know, a couple of guys out there getting a, getting a shot, you know, go on out there, youngston. So young and see what we can see what we can see, um, you know. So, so it sounds like maybe Moss and and uh, Francis could form that duo next year running. Yeah, I mean, I'm which sure I, I I know you if you had your way, you'd like to have two running backs that you can kind of. We'll see. I mean, we've been running back you for a long time, and don't don't negate little Tyler Arno down there, and and uh, Gordon Lassiter, who's a sophomore running back. You know, is a good tough runner. Um, and yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see where we're at in terms of our offensive backfield alignment when we get there. Um, but it's definitely fun towards the end of the season. Um, 
to start kind of being able to now that these sophomores have, you know, two and a half months under their belt, they're, they're functional from a football perspective, you know? And so we can chuck them out there and, and let them run around a little bit, you know, and, and have some fun. And, and for me, that's a, that's a really cool moment. Um, because I think a lot of lay people kind of miss how technical this game is sometimes. And, and it, it just looks like a bunch of guys running into each other. Not, not you. I, I mean, more people. No, come on. Are, no, let's, I'm not well, a coach. You've, but so, you've but, watched a lot of football. You know yeah, what I mean? I but know, like, I know. But okay. even people who've watched a lot of football, I think there's, 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 a, there's often a, a lack of an understanding as to just how technical this game is um, and how important it is to learn all of those kind of technicalities and approach um, before you go out there to play it in order to be effective, you know, and um, it's really exciting, you know, when you start to see those young guys start mm. to grasp those techniques and execute them and it fires you up, man, because at the end of the day, that's what this sport is about. That's what coaching it's about. So um, I get really fired up about it. Well, I don't blame you. I was actually I was getting fired up about uh, ten days ago. I got to watch my nephew play in his uh, yeah. first uh, game. He's a uh, freshman at Phillips Academy, nice. and uh, actually, due to some injuries at the quarterback position, he actually got to play a little quarterback. Whoa. They were alternating series with him. He actually performed very well. Nice. Uh, They've them, had a tough year. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. They let him on their only touchdown drive. They were playing their arch rivals Exeter. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and over and Exeter. Uh, the final score was seven to six. Unfortunately, uh, we, Phillips we, came up a little short. Couldn't. Uh, convert on that extra point which proved to be the oh, difference but uh, yeah tough way to uh, but lose. he but again he led them on their only touchdown drive to start the game it's like i think exeter was caught off guard like you know that first drive going what's going on and all yeah, of a sudden yeah. they like woke up and when they woke up they they woke up uh yeah, football but, man. Uh, i was very proud of my nephew i told him that after the game that's he played awesome very well congratulations and, uh, yeah no it was, it was it was kind of fun to uh, watch looking forward to when he gets uh I guess when they uh, they'll be hosting the, uh, the 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 varsity game, they'll be hosting his senior year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, you'll so still be there. Be, oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm looking uh, looking forward to it. So that's, it, awesome. that's a level of football, though. Yeah, you talk about the discipline and all that. I mean, I could just watch the way I could tell he was practicing the pitches to the running backs <laughs> really well and the tosses because yeah. those were nice and clean, and that's, they got some good blocking on that opening drive. That's and what then, you're looking for. Yeah, kind of went downhill after that. But that's, you know. Consistency, hey. consistency, consistency. The man. defense kept them in the game, though. They had there a chance go. at the end. So that's uh, that's all you can ask Defense for. wins championships. That's, there, you, <laughs> there you go. Well, they're, they're a waste from that. But uh, all right. So, uh, well, you guys, uh, uh, so as we wrap that up, you got one more uh, game before the big yeah, Thanksgiving yeah. game. Uh, it's As you said, it's uh, uh, the Panthers of uh, Beverly High School, another uh, D3 North school from the Northeast Conference. Uh, just uh, your thoughts uh, on them at all and how, uh, yeah. how, how this week is um, practice has been. You mentioned uh, today was a little bit chilly and a little bit snowy. It uh, was nippy out there today, man. The wind was brutal. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. It was the cold. The temperature wasn't horrendous, man. It was only But like you 31. saw the snow coming down, right? Yeah, a little bit. November 12th um, marked the date. But winter's here. It was like 31, 32. <laughs> but once the wind started yeah. cooking through the field, it was mm. – it was numbingly cold. Uh, so we practiced fast. We tried to be as efficient as possible as we could be today. We know it's going to get a little warmer in the week. Um, yeah, actually, I think you're lucking out because I think Friday's supposed to be the warmest day yep, of the week. It's, so it's going to be more be... fall than winter, yeah. um, which obviously works well for us. It, it, um, you are playing, is it Friday? or Saturday at 1. Oh, Saturday. Um, okay. Up at Hurt Still... Stadium in Beverly. Right, um, okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if they had. Do they have lights at their field? Or is I don't believe so. Rather... I think it's a grass field. Um mm-hmm. 
so yeah, I mean, you know, we that's that's kind of who we drew. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't think anybody at the MIAA is listening, but one of my bones of con- to this, but one of my bones of contention is is what is how it is that the MIAA deals with assigning games, scheduling games outside of the playoff bracket. Mm-hmm. So there's this like scheduling meeting at St. John's Prep on Sunday, right morning. Right. And that's each Sunday during these rounds yeah, during of the MIA okay. rounds. Yeah. And if you're if you're there, you can advocate, and you generally kind of get what you want. But if you're not there, you don't. And um, were you there? No. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I was not. Because yeah, I don't think it's fair. It's yeah. in Danvers. What if right. I lived, you know, in on the South Shore? Right. So now on the one day off that I get, quote unquote, off as a football coach, if I lived on the South Shore, I mean, I live in Medford. It's a 40 minute drive. You know, on top of that, I was going and seeing seeing family. I was spending time with my mom and my uncle and my aunt, people I hadn't seen in a while uh, in football season. You know, and it's it's you know, it's a little bit weird. I think a better way to do it would just be to assign the non-playoff games for the teams that didn't make the playoffs in the first week of non-playoff activity and then have everybody else play in a consolation bracket right so the winners obviously stay in the bracket but the losers then play each other based on seeding Mm -hmm. the losers of those games play each other the winners of those games play each other and you get a bracket all the way through well this technically would be that right because beverly also lost their well it's not that it's oh. not that. This is now two weeks after that. We played Malden Catholic, who's a non-playoff team. Oh, right. Okay, I see what you're like saying. That, you know what I mean? That it's it's arbitrary. Yeah. And there are these kind of backhand deals. The coach being like, we'll play you, we'll play you, we'll go here, we'll go there. And it's 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 a, kind of ridiculous. Deals that you wish um, were taking place during week two of the season when you were. Well, just, 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 frus- I mean just, get- <laughs> just frustrating, man. Just, no, it really is. Me. Like, I, all, all kidding aside, yeah, I'm not no, joking no, here. No, right? it's, it's, it's annoying. It's a problem in how it is that our state is administering the scheduling of games because it makes the scheduling of games reliant upon attendance at a somewhat arbitrary scheduling meeting in an arbitrary town at an arbitrary school that is not convenient for everybody. And, you know, we're human beings, man. So, like, you don't get a good matchup or a quality matchup if you don't get there on Sunday. And us, like, we're not one to complain, man. We're going to take who we get. I'm fired up to play Beverly. They're they're a really good football team. Um, and it bodes well for us to play a really good football team going into Turkey Day. I just don't think that coaches should be involved in that. Right. Yeah. Like, well, I, I would schedule and tell us who we're playing and we go and play it like every right. other state. Sure. Well, where I'm really with you is the fact, like you say, on a Sunday, having to travel all the way up for a meet, an, you know, meeting. Whereas, why couldn't you call into the meeting? Why can't you have like a teleconference or something I mean, where all the coaches call I get call that in? there's a lot, but like even that to me is like, no, there should be. Why are coaches involved in the scheduling of games? Like, why are we involved in the scheduling of games in offseason weeks? It doesn't make any sense to me. Right, because like I guess if, the, there, if there was a format like you said, then you would already know who yep, the next the, yeah. the state governing body should be responsible in the playoff weeks for assigning games. That's it. And you get who you get, and maybe there's a, you know, you do it on Saturday night and there's a 12-hour appeal process in case somebody gets matched up with somebody they shouldn't be playing, right, for whatever reason. And you can appeal it there if you want to. But I think if you stay within the bracket construct, that's not something that happens because everybody who's, you know, playing each other was a playoff team. Right, and, of course, everyone you're playing is a D3 North in Mm -hmm. your bracket. And then you would be able to wind up and and get actually out of the consolation bracket get a relatively true divisional seating you know 
know. Yeah. And so, like, all of this to me is kind of one of the areas in which our state needs to do a lot of work and look in the mirror in terms of how it is that we're choosing. And I'm not going to make any friends by saying any of this, but, like, ch- look in the mirror in terms of how it is that we're choosing to administer our approach um, to to scheduling and divisions. I mean, it's 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 a byproduct of the whole divisional playoff structure while still holding on to conferences like every other state in the country when they went divisional abandoned conferences because you can't have like you look at the middle sex we have to play a division one team right in lexington lexington yeah. two division two teams in woburn and Reading, and then two division three teams in arlington and winchester and we're division three Right. So what you're saying is right. The fact that the Middlesex League still exists kind of and they try to work. Well, we have to play. We have to play a league schedule. Right. Like we have to play our league schedule in order to retain the league. Right. But we're playing out of division. And yeah, if we beat them, you get get points, which helps. We don't get anything for losing to them. So, you know, it's this desire to kind of have your cake and eat it, too, and say, Really, what we should be doing is say, okay, we're going to split the Division Three into four regions, the Northeast, the Northwest, the Southeast, the Southwest. The, the Northeast plays its divisional schedule over seven weeks. The Northwest plays its divisional schedule. They play their divisional. They play their divisional. Two, 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 go to the playoffs. Boom, here we go. But we can't wow. do that because nobody wants to lose the Middlesex. Nobody wants to lose, you know, the Bay State. Nobody wants to lose the greater the, Boston yeah. League. And Part of that's also tied into the Thanksgiving Day tradition, which is unique to this state. It is, and I'm a big Turkey Day guy. Like, I, I yeah. was getting into this yeah. argument with a friend of mine who's who's uh, actually from Nebraska, and he's like, I don't understand how y'all y'all are y'all do this over here. It's the most, like, literally, he's like, this is the most backwards system I've ever heard of in my entire life, and, and I don't get it. And I'm like, yeah, the Thanksgiving Day thing I understand because there's not a lot of places in the country where somebody has played each other for 100 years. And, and I want to keep that. Um, but I don't think that you need conferences in order to do that. Um, it can just be a game, sure. you know, and it's like the one game a year. And, and I think that would alleviate a lot of the problems and it would create a sense of equity and parity, you know, because there are a lot of teams that don't have to do that. You know, they don't have like our path to the playoff, our path to the playoffs requires, especially this year without week two, requires us to win in the league. Right. We have to. And in order to win in the league and to have enough wins in the league to get us to the playoffs, we have to beat a school that by enrollment is larger than us. That's really not in the wheelhouse. And so, like, but you did it twice this year. Sure. But that's one year out of six. So, yes, we did it this year and I'm super excited about it. I'm happy. I'm not doing anybody who knows me says I'm not shying away from a challenge. Like I'll play anybody. I don't care. Like I was calling St. John's prep to try and get a game for week two. I don't care who we play like. But from a systemic perspective, from a, a systems approach. Right. It doesn't make a ton of sense. And I you know, everybody wants to scream about sub 500 teams making the playoffs. You know, like the old system was any better, which it wasn't. This is a step in the right direction. But, you know, we need to go all the way. Okay, say you kept everybody in the D3 North, and that was like, say, a conference, and you played them all during the season. Your road games, you'd have a much longer road trips. Wah. Okay, I've just, I just wanted to point that out. I mean, you know, 
we we fashion ourselves. I call it the bus lag effect, but that's just yeah. me. You know? I mean, we fashion ourselves <laughs> act just... like like you know like we're in like te- like yeah, man. In Texas, they'll drive four hours to play a game. You know, what I mean, like we're talking. How far are we really? Well, the whole town about? picks up and drives four hours. Right, to but how far are we different. really talking about? Like we're talking about an hour. We're talking about an hour on have the bus. Have you seen the traffic? Oh, I have. I've sat in it. And we now sat in it all the way to of, Danvers. In part two of the Toddcast, we're going to go into 30-minute rants about the traffic. traffic. <laughs> the traffic is horrible. And let me talk to you about this weather and kids today. Kids today. Get off my lawn. Bonus oh. coverage here on the Toddcast. Angry man Q. yells at Cloud. There you go. <laughs> There, uh, we, we officially pinned everything, so I'm going to have I'm to sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm definitely – I, I, I am now, there. by the way, officially a, a, a pariah. Like, I just pariahed myself. I, I know that's not a <laughs> verb, but it, it should be. Uh, well, yes. Uh, yes, son. <laughs> can, I take it, can I take it all back? How do we go back? Is there a delete, is there a delete button? Yeah. Where would be the fun in that? No, no. I, all I, you did was rant on traffic I, and the, I stand, uh, and I the st- weather. You're a New Englander. Everyone does that. Yeah, I stand by my statements. I stand I stand by my convictions. Yeah, those, those weren't really cutting edge. I mean, let's say I was saying I was agreeing with you, and I think most of like say most of New England would do would do the same. So Hopefully. I think on that uh, on that point. Do you have any other thoughts before we uh, this is actually gonna be our last uh, our last Toddcast before we do our big Thanksgiving special, which we're looking Looking forward to. For that, we're going to pick up and move into uh, the bigger studio, and we're going to have the five captains here as part of our annual tradition, and that's always a fun show. Yeah, um, I'm so excited, looking... man. No, I don't have a ton of final thoughts. You know, I think like I'm super excited for Beverly and excited for the Thanksgiving pageantry and festivities because sure. I am. I want to be clear, a huge Turkey Day football guy. You know, and I would just say to everybody out there, you know, be good to each other. Teach your kids to be good to one another. Um, you know, let's enjoy the time that we have together as, as a football family. Um, can't wait. Um, it's crazy that we're here at the end of the season. Um, it's been a crazy it, year. It did fly by this again, Oh, boy. It? Man, this has been a – this has just been a weird year. Well, I, I know for, and, many, um, for many I'm um, sad that it's ending, you know, and we're in the last stretch, and, and I'm happy at the same time because I'm exhausted. You know, I don't think anybody – I haven't really said that to anybody. I am more tired um, in a good way, but, like, yeah. But I, generally you're feeling good, though, I feel right? good. I, mean, I just – yeah, no, yeah. my tank is pretty empty, man. It's been a long run, you know, like the uh, the whole the whole treatment and coaching simultaneously thing um, was a – took a lot more out of me than I let on to myself. Um, and yeah, so I, part of me is excited to get to rest. Um, that's going to be great. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of my, my big lesson for this entire thing, man. It's just like, let's, let's be good to one another. You know, um, we say to our program, a lot of the times that the worst thing in the world is, is regret, you know? And, uh, if you're, if you're a good person and, and you treat people with love and respect, um, you know, you never, uh, you, you never really have to worry too, too much about regret, you know? And so that's kind of my mission for the last, last like two and a half, three weeks, you know, is to really approach our football program. It's always been something that's at the cornerstone of who, who we are. Um, but to really stress it so that our seniors, you know, get the, the most out of the time that they have remaining with their brothers. Cause for those guys, you know, we're, we're getting down into, 12 practices, you know, 14 practices, right. you know, type deal. So, yeah. Well, save a lot of that sentiment for the big, uh, the big hour special. Have we you do, ever uh, known <laughs> me to not have enough to say? Yeah. I was going to say, what am I saying? This guy's got, I need to land the plane. I need to land the plane, man. I just, I don't land the plane. I take off and I fly around. 
Yes, once again, we've uh, managed to fail to uh, meet Sorry, our 30-minute requirement. If you ever here. started a sentence and not known where it's going to end, you just start talking, that's pretty much my existence. Well, story of my life, too. Anyway, oh, uh, so just to let you know as we uh, wrap up this week, a reminder that all of our podcasts with Coach Q can be found online at belmontmedia.org slash podcast, also on SoundCloud.com by searching Belmont Media. If you haven't gotten the SoundCloud app by now, it's free. Come Why would you not get it? Come on. Come on. There's lots of good podcasts on there, including, of course, these podcasts with Coach Q. Come on. And you can listen at your own convenience. So uh, that's the best part. Don't forget. Also, I've got it. Yeah, send your questions, too, please. We, we still have time left. Uh, send uh, questions to the hashtag Q's for Q. If you're watching us on this video simulcast, it's right at the bottom of your screen right about there. Somewhere in there. Good point. Yeah, right. <laughs> so until next week, for Coach Q, I'm Todd Once again, say go Marauders. And thank you for once again for checking out the TOST Podcast right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network.